irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I'm certified additionally in EMDR and Reiki. You can find me online through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. I have physical offices in both New Orleans and LA. You can book sessions either in person or by phone, Skype, and FaceTime through my website. And you can find archived episodes of this show and subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, and on YouTube. So my guest today is going to discuss a topic that really permeates our culture and our current times. We're going to talk about our thoughts. Aura Nadrich is a life coach. She's a mindfulness meditation coach, a Huffington Post blogger, a speaker. She has written for many magazines and conducts seminars and classes, including coming up this weekend, February 12th to 18th, an all-inclusive Mastering Your Mind retreat in Costa Rica. So we're going to discuss all the above and her book that's titled Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. Someone who's been on this show that I respect and regard is Marianne Williamson. And Marianne endorses Aura's work and says that she's a voice of inspiration and someone that she herself reads and listens to. Aura has also been part of the Belief Series on Oprah's Network, and I'm just so honored to have you on today. Welcome, Aura. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. So I'm wondering where you want to begin talking about our thoughts. And we both know we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And you talk in your work about thought ownership as a way to our emotional freedom is kind of a little encapsulation that I took from your work. So where would you like to begin? Well, I think, you know, let's just jump in with that. Yeah. Owning your thoughts. I think that's so important to bring up because, you know, really what I what I offer up to the reader and the listeners is not to shy away, not to deny, not to push away, not to stuff down our thoughts. You know, I say, look at your thoughts, all of them, not just the pretty ones. Mm. And the only way to really know yourself better is to be able to own your thoughts, you know, to be honest with yourself and be willing yes. to look at them closely and find out which thoughts really do support your well-being and which thoughts don't. You know, I like hearing you say that because it sounds a, a bit different to me than, you know, the messages that are that are just in regards to, to positive thinking. And I think it can make us feel even fearful of our thoughts instead of being right. honest with ourselves, as I, as I hear right. you saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm a real supporter of positive thinking. The, the thing is, is that we think all sorts of thoughts. And yeah. You know, 
yes, we think, you know, up to 70,000 thoughts a day, which is just a staggering amount of thoughts going in and out of our minds daily. We're pretty busy in our heads, do you know? And I think that the expectation to think positive all the time, it's just not realistic, do you know? So what I want to do is I want to offer up this method, the says who method to people to say, look, you're going to think those negative thoughts, they're bound to come up, but what are you going to do when it comes up? How do you tackle it? How do you navigate those waters? How do you direct those thoughts and transform them to positive thoughts that help you? So can you tell us, the listeners, how, how do you help clients? How do you help people with sorting through all these thoughts? Well, first of all, taking that first step, anybody that's going to take the step to read my book or come to see me means they want to make a change. Yeah. You know, and like, bravo to you, because Mm -hmm. instead of denying it or avoiding it or pretending that it's not happening, you're taking that stand, which is really very much the first question, which is says who, you know, I see when people say to me, well, what, what does that mean really? And I say, says who is really taking that first step forward to say, who is saying this thought in my mind? that isn't making me feel good, do you know, that doesn't make me feel good about myself. So that is the honesty that's needed. And when you step forward and you're willing to open that door and walk through it and be able to learn a way to change your thoughts, which again, the says who method offers up because the whole idea, the whole notion of, oh, let's just think positive all the time and positive things will happen. And then suddenly you don't think a positive thought and positive things might not be happening. And then it escalates into a downward spiral that you start to feel bad and you start to beat yourself up and that's what I want to see people avoid and I think you do your your method helps people with that because you know these unconscious thoughts that could be you know labeled negative or just unhealthy can cause us to establish behaviors and then create things in our lives that are kind of created by default so you definitely articulate a way to tune in and really be honest and ask yourself so when someone comes to you to work how might you guide them or direct them initially knowing that they do want to make a change well first of all what you just said when you feel bad oftentimes when you make a move is because you don't feel you're not feeling very good you know and Mm -hmm. what I say is thoughts create emotions create behavior create reality you got to you got to connect the dots there's an actual equation to this so sometimes people are feeling things but they don't really know why do you know and i say and says who a thought is creating that feeling and what it will do is it will create the side effects or the symptoms Mm. of something that you're feeling and oftentimes it goes to an extreme before people realize they have to make a change and i want to help people avoid that i don't want it to be that you become so stressed out or you actually feel ill because you're thinking thoughts that are the downward spiral thinking and that you're starting to feel so bad about yourself so if somebody comes to me you know they are as i said they're taking that step and oftentimes what we process together with the says who method is a thought Oftentimes, it might be one thought. Now, there are many thoughts you could be experiencing, but we like to take the one thought that's causing you most, you know, duress and distress and unhappiness and to basically bring that thought forward. You know, a lot of the times it could be just a thought you woke up feeling and it could be a thought that you had a week ago driving to come see me or it could be a thought, which is often the case. And that was really the whole basis of says who 
so many of the thoughts that we hold on are thoughts that we've been carrying around for a long time, oftentimes even as far back as into childhood. Yes. carried that into adulthood. So there's that component. If somebody really wants to work through a fear thought or a negative thought that is getting in the way of a relationship and getting in the way of, you know, doing something productive in their lives. There are also people that are worriers. I mean, I have something in the book called the something to worry about thoughts. Mm-hmm. And as a mindfulness meditation teacher, I teach people how to stay in the moment of now. Mindfulness is being present in the moment that you are in with total awareness. And hopefully, as John Kabat-Zinn says, the MBSR teacher, with yeah. love and non-judgment, with acceptance. Do you know? So if you can be in the moment, you can start to really tackle this and start to dismantle the thoughts that are negative and causing you so much duress with the says who method and that what people do when they're not in the moment what causes them sometimes anxiety or fear-based thoughts is they're either thinking about the past which has already come and gone or they're thinking about the future which has not yet happened yes i think a moment ago you you using the word dismantle is key because in your seven step says who method and and talking about have i heard someone say this before in therapeutic terms as you know it's the interject when we're young you know words that we've heard that really stand out that have been critical hurtful you know they kind of get lodged within us and then we we start, you know, living out of that. So can you say more about this? Because you're, you're talking about many different layers, being yes, in the present can, moment, the past. Yeah, that it's great. specifically, Lisa, I can talk about because that was really a very important and a pivotal moment for me as a life coach before I created the Sezu Method. And I write about it in my book. I had one client in particular who came to me who was beginning a new business, a very creative woman. And in the session together, she said to me, you know, or I have this thought and it really scares me and it comes up, you know, sometimes out of the blue and Hmm. it just paralyzes me. It makes me so afraid. And I said, okay, well, what is that thought? And she said, I have this fear that I'm going to be homeless Mm. and penniless. And that was a really, really interesting moment for me. It's like I had an aha moment because I looked at her and I thought, well, I feel like I'm in the presence of somebody with two, two minds working concurrently. One is this positive thinking mind that wants to start this new business and, and make it happen. And then there's this thought thinking mind that is wanting to sabotage it and frighten her. So we mm-hmm. needed to know where that thought came from. And as she said that to me, what came to the foreground of my mind was, says who? Who's Ah. telling her she's going to be homeless? Did someone tell her she's going to be homeless? Is there proof that she's going to be homeless? Oh, I love that aura. Yeah. Well, this was a big moment for me, Lisa, because this is really, this was the genesis of the says who method. Certainly. I took a chance with her and I said to her just that. I said, says "Says who? who? (laughs) <laughs> Who said you're going to be homeless? Well, when I tell you it stopped her right in her tracks, her eyes widened like saucers, and she said, well, um, I, I, what do you mean? I mean, I, no one's ever asked me that before. And I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, precisely. And I took it one step further, which is the second question of the says who method. And I said to her, have you heard someone say that before? Yes. Have you heard someone say that you're going to be homeless and penniless? 
Well, what I witnessed in front of me was somebody who literally had an epiphany. She mm -hmm. got very emotional. It really struck a chord for her. She started to cry, and she said, wow, I've never even thought to ask myself that question before, and no one's ever asked me that before. And yes, I have heard that said before. When I was a little girl growing up, there were times where money was scarce. My father had a lot of business difficulties, and he used to say, we're going to be homeless. We're going to end uh -huh. out on the streets. And she would get petrified. Of course. And this was something that he used to say often. So wow. imagine this is something that she grew up hearing. So I said, I see. So that was your father's fear thought. And she said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it wow. now became hers. So that was really powerful because it was the first time in her life. This is an adult woman. This is the first time in her life where this thought, which she's been carrying around for so long, which I call the boogeyman thought, which is something that I experience in my life because I have my own personal says who story, which is in the introduction of my book, and I'm more than happy to share. But yeah, she, please. She said, oh, my God, you know, I didn't realize that I have been walking around for so long with this fear. And I said, yeah, a fear that doesn't even belong to you. So that second question of the says who method is huge. And I've worked with many people that have had major breakthroughs. And you know, as a therapist, that so much of what you carry over from your past into your present. And yeah. oftentimes, it's not even real. No, it, it's like a template that we start creating off of, you know, right. and, and it just feels natural, but it's not our story. Right, exactly. So she believed a thought that wasn't even hers. Let's just yeah. start with that. Sure. That you spend your whole time. I mean, I've had so many people, you know, that have shared their their thoughts with me of a fear-based thought that, you know, clearly can be identified to somebody else from their past that was right. said to them. It was either said to them by someone else of someone else's fear that affected them, or it was said to them about them. You know, you're never going to be this. You're not good at that. You're stupid. <laughs> you're not pretty enough. You're never going to You're going to be alone. You're going to be yeah. alone. You know, all the things that have been said at different times in our lives, you know, going back to long ago, that you didn't process. And that's what Says Who is about. It's about really being able to identify a thought to find out if it's even real or not, and if it serves your well-being or not, and if you're ready to let it go. So how do you help us to then begin to take the power out of that? Well, once I, someone identifies, you know, well, the, once they identify the thought, you know, which is again the second of the says who method, the first one being says who, you really owning that thought that you are, I'm not lovable, I'm worthless, I'm never going to meet my partner, you know, I'm not talented, you know, that's, as I said, Lisa, that's not easy for people to admit about themselves. Right. So again, major step forward. And the second question that we just went over, identifying the thought that doesn't belong to you. And by doing the says who method, you know, what I say initially with the says who method is to become the observer of your thoughts. And how you do that is, is if you're standing outside of yourself and 
you know, like you, Lisa, is standing outside of yourself watching Lisa talking to right. me or me or having that person, that thoughts oftentimes will trigger us. So if we can catch it as the observer, oh, here's this thought that just came up in my mind and it's starting to make me feel anxious and it's starting to make me feel afraid and it's starting to make me feel like I want to beat myself up and tell myself how horrible I am. Begin with that. So I say, you know, be the observer if you can, not the reactor. And then you can start the process of, as I said before, dismantling that thought with the says who questions. I'm more than happy to go through through the questions with you as I would if I were talking to a client of mine to be able to break down the the belief of that thought the third question which is one of my favorite questions i ask myself this one okay whenever a negative thought comes up for me because guess what they're going to come up right and it's do i like this thought Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of logic in questioning and challenging our negative thoughts because if you really can do that and confront your thoughts and have an inquiry into the veracity or the truth or the realness of that thought it starts to make sense and once this starts to make sense it can start to dissolve and dismantle asking yourself a thought a question like do i like this thought how many of your negative thoughts do you really like? Or like, why would you even like a negative thought? What is yes. it about that thought that you like? But I think you know, oftentimes I, we don't know that we can question the thought. So you're really facilitating that inner dialogue that p- brings us to the present moment and includes the mindfulness piece absolutely. that can help us work with that thought I and change our feelings. People, yes, I want people to question their thoughts. By the way, there are, they are your thoughts. You are creating them. As I say, there isn't somebody crawling inside your head and right. telling you what to think or moving your thoughts around like furniture. They're your thoughts. You are creating them, and you can challenge them. And I also say and says who, negative thoughts are like trespassers. Do you know, mm-hmm. if a trespasser came onto your property, you wouldn't say, oh, hey, hi, come on in. Help yourself to whatever you want. You know, make yourself at home. You wouldn't do that. So if a negative thought comes up and wants to really just attack you viciously, do you want to just say, oh, hey, thought, you know, stick around, you know, make yourself at home in my mind. It's your mind. It's your thought. And you can redirect it out of your head by systematically breaking it down, asking yourself these seven questions. The fourth question is, does this thought make me feel better again? What is it about a negative thought that could possibly make you feel better? Do they make you feel better? And if so, how is it making you feel better? You know, start to really answer those questions for yourself. No, this thought is not making me feel better. Okay, moving on to question number five. Does this thought work for me? How is the negative thought working for you? Is it working for you favorably? Is it enhancing your life? Is it making your relationship better? Is it making you look forward to your day? How is it working for you favorably? You know, the sixth question, so often, Lisa, Mm -hmm. people will come to me and they'll say, my God, I feel so taken over by my negative thoughts. You know, I feel like they they just, you know, I'm not in control. That's right. exactly how it feels when you let it go that far. And not, again, realizing the logic that the thought that you're giving power to is a thought that you've created, which means you then can take the power away from that thought by and believing I think, that you can. 
And I think that's an interesting piece because when you said a few moments ago, our thoughts being trespassers and, you know, certainly we wouldn't let someone in our home with willingness. But I often find myself asking clients that come in with a similar sensation or myself even, is this thought, does it feel like it's being generated from within you or outside of you? You know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes like internal locus of control versus external locus of control. And often I think- we feel like it's something outside of us, like a force. And so that's why I think, you know, this process is great because it gets us to take that ownership of our thought. So it takes it from the outside, like it's looming, it's big, it's powerful to it's something that we have thought, you know, where have we picked this up from? And it starts to gradually, I think, as we go through your questions, lose its power and just become, you know, the, the silly little thing it is and not a big monster. Yeah, and I think, right, exactly, which, you know, I love that book. There's a monster in my closet. That's yes, that's book. what I'm thinking, right. It's, it's such a great book because, you know, this little boy is so petrified of a closet that, quote, unquote, he imagines, and you can use that for the says who method, that you think is in your mind or you think is in the closet. And it's only until he makes the decision to take on that monster with his toy gun. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going right. to go after that monster now, you know, which is like going after a negative thought, you know, it's taking it charge is what you want to do is to take charge. He then, you know, attempts to shoot the monster with his little toy gun and the monster gets so scared. He comes crawling into his bed and goes <laughs> under the cover with him. And the right. little boy realizes that, you know what? He's stronger and more powerful than the monster that he imagined in his own mind. And that's such a great metaphor for the thoughts that we have. Because look, we've all been there. We know what it feels like to be taken over. And that's why, again, the observer, you know, like when you're feeling scared or when you're feeling angry and when you're feeling these things to go, wow, I'm really, I'm really with it. I'm really, I really feel taken over right now. Okay, let me work through this. Let me really, you know, you do breathing, you let yourself be very present, you be the observer, and then you systematically start to dismantle this fear thought or negative thought that you have to be able to build it up like with positive, life-affirming, constructive thoughts. And nurturing and love. Yes, exactly, Lisa, you know, you know. it's it's a way to work with your thinking mind and that's what i want people to understand that this is a skill set it's like a, it's like a technique and it we is. all can use a little bit of help in our toolkit for yeah. how we can work through things problem solving thought problem solving and it works you know and i since i'm at the sixth question i may as well you know, go to the last one, which is, do I want to keep this thought or let it go? When you've gone through all of these questions and you can really ask them honestly, and you realize that you've identified the thought, it either belongs to you or it doesn't, you know, you don't like this thought. It doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't work for you in any way, shape or form. You're tired of feeling that it controls you when in fact you control it. I would think that by the time you ask yourself the seventh question, do I want to keep this thought or let it go? You will say yes. Do you know? And I want to let it go. You are, you're, well, you're going to let it go. And you're saying, you're telling yourself, which is positive reinforcement. And I believe that with everything we tell ourselves goes into our subconscious. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know what thought? I'm ready to let you go. I'm kind of over you. It's not working for me. So what I would like to do is let it go and, and replace you with something better. 
and replace yes. you with something that, that is positive and does make me feel better and does work for me and I do feel in control of, do you know? And yes. you reframe it. You completely shift it around. so that Well, you're reconditioning. You're in- yeah, and that you're in charge and that you're in the driver's seat of your thinking mind. Again, it's like, you know, you talk about the external forces. I talk about the, you know, the, the um, trespasser. Take it outside of there, there, wherever there is, and bring it home to you. It's yes. an inside job. We have the ability to do it if we make an effort to do so. And I think, too, what what you're speaking about, that often these negative, judgmental, harsh thoughts towards ourselves are where our original wounding has taken place. And and to get to the bottom of that, and that's why, you know, self-compassion and forgiveness is so important. And and you use the word, process. you know, pace, pace, yes, and to pace yourself. You know, this isn't like a like an instant fix. This right. is I say, you commit to it, it commits to you. You know, one thought at a time, you know, one day at a time. You know, with mindfulness again, moment by moment, let's not be so hard on ourselves. Let's Let's be kind to ourselves. You know, I also say... I've, you know, I've worked with, with many women and they're, you know, and men as well, but, you know, I, the, the baby analogy with women, it's like some, I had a client that was just so hard on herself. She just beat herself up so terribly. And I said, you know, I want to imagine that you're holding a baby in your arms. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had her do a visualization of really just closing her eyes and, you know, feeling herself, you know, with the, you know, with the warmth of her body holding the baby in her arms and, you know, soothing the baby and, and just this peaceful little baby in her arms. And I said, someone comes along and they want to hurt the baby, they mm. want to harm the baby. What would you do? What would be your first instinct? And she said, to protect this baby at all costs. And I said, well, you want to do the same for you. You want to be as kind and as loving and as thoughtful as you can for yourself. Do you know? And that kind of self-care, that kind of taking, again, ownership over being kind, processing these thoughts that could come from the original wound, and knowing that you you can heal that. It's a process. And you know, again... Being a therapist, it's a process, and there's you know a variety of ways to do it. I offer up the says who method, and mindfulness is a, is a, is great tools to be able to be in the present time and be again willing to take that step to to do thought transformation. Yes, and and you okay. So this is a question you spoke a little bit ago about the client you worked with, and you had the aha moment to ask her says who, and all that this began to elicit in in you formulating your book. I'm curious at what point then did you pair you know your mindfulness practice with you know combining it with these questions we're asking ourselves because you offer beautiful meditations on your website, and I'm curious how that started to sync up for you. Well, I've been a meditator. I've been a meditator for many, many, many years. I started back, oh my gosh, I've been meditating for a, forever. I started even, I, I don't even think I was 20, maybe I was 19, 20 years old. When oh, I that's started. awesome. Yeah, with Transcendental Meditation. And it was, I was an actress in, at that time. And I was, you know, dealing with stress and anxiety and the things that I was going through. And meditation was a tool for me. 
it really helped calm me down and help focus me and help me feel centered and help me get to the core of myself. So that was a really helpful uh, tool, you know, to, again, you know, get these things in your wonderful wellness toolbox that you can use yes. on your journey. And so that was something that I did. I was always a meditator and then I, you know, explored mindfulness meditation and got certified in mindfulness and, you know, became a mindfulness teacher. Mindfulness is a quality that each and of, uh, each one of us has, but we don't necessarily cultivate and, you know, it's, I love the fact that it's just gotten much more into the mainstream. It has, and, it has. Yeah, and that people are learning mindfulness and mindfulness meditation. And I realize that my book, you know, really is also, you know, I do have a, a chapter on that is mindfulness, a new way of thinking, Do you know, about being present. And again, by being present, you can work with your thinking mind and be so much more aware of which thoughts, again, are positive and which thoughts are not and which thoughts are are serving your well-being and which are not. And you have to be aware. You need to be present to be able to even do that. And this is such a helpful part of the process to be very present so that you can, you know, do the work that is necessary to transform the thoughts that are not supportive of you. So that, for me, the, it was so complimentary. It was kind of a no-brainer. It was like, yeah. wow, I've come up with this method that says who method, which really does work fits so... Fits in naturally. Yeah, it fits so well with being present. So my work that I do now, I really combine the two. I always integrate yes. the two. You know, I teach the says who method, but I also always take everybody into a mindfulness meditation to bring them into grounding and centering and being present. Do you know, it's just so helpful. It is. And it's like working a muscle. Like you would go to the gym and lift a weight, you know, mindfulness and meditation. It's the more that I meditate and the longer that I meditate, it, it's it's like my mind, you, you're able, as our listeners out there who already practice these types of self-care techniques know, you're able to really get a grasp on your thoughts. Out of all the ones floating through, I notice I'm able to like grab on to them with more clarity and yeah. ask myself, questions about them the information that they might have for us exactly. so we can then begin to yeah. feel you know more of how we want to feel and less of how we don't want to feel right and for those who don't really are very new to mindfulness because i teach yeah. mindfulness and meditation to so many different types of people and you know i also want to demystify meditation because you know as a meditation teacher i know that i also encounter people come to me that have never meditated before okay yeah how do you help them well, first of all, what I want to say to people is, you know, for, for anybody who wants to just take, again, that first step towards meditation that has never done it before, I, I, what I encourage you to do is to find even 10 minutes in your day. I mean, if you can cultivate a meditation practice and you want to jump into the waters like I did, I jumped right into TM, mm -hmm. Transcendental Meditation, and then became a mindfulness meditation teacher. But I want people to get started, and a really great way to get started, because many, many, I should say millions of people don't even take the time in their day to be still 
which is, right. you know, it's not just about sitting on a yoga mat or a meditation pillow to meditate. You need to find time in your day to get to get still and what that what that looks like and what that means. And you can do this at your desk at work. You can go into your car to lunch break. I mean, I want to reach everybody just to say, yeah, everybody can do this. And even if we took meditation, the word out of the equation, and I were to say, you know, just, you know, sit somewhere quietly, if you can, for 10 minutes, close your eyes and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. You know, when I do that with people, I just guide them as simple as that is. And, you know, they do it. And I say, you know, if your thoughts are floating through your head, just bring your focus and your awareness back to your breath. You know, thoughts move in and out of our minds like the sky move in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the clouds move in the sky. They don't stay in the same place twice. They move. And our thoughts are that way. They're fluid. The only reason why they stick is because we we hold on to them. So when I do that with people that have never meditated before, and then they do that, and I say, you know, again, if your thoughts are busy and your mind is distracted, just bring your focus and awareness back to your breath and, you know, take another deep breath in and let it go. I do that, Lisa, and they go, yeah, oh, yeah that felt really nice. I go, That feels good. What? You were meditating. They're like, what? I yes. Meditating? That's med What? You know, I go, it's like I go, demystifying oh, it. Yeah, that is a form of meditation. And they're like, wow, I, I can do that. That's pretty easy. I'm like, okay, well, then, then do it. Make the effort to find time in your day to sit somewhere quiet and take the time for you. It's your time. It doesn't belong mm -hmm. to anybody else. Can you give 10 minutes to yourself? just to be quiet, to close your eyes, to focus on your breath, and to just be okay with that. And the more people know that they could even do that, because, you know, here's why, here's why I conjured that up, is because as yeah. a meditation teacher, people would come to me and they would say, oh, or I don't have time to meditate, oh, or I'm, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I mean, like, okay, aren't we all busy? Yes. I mean, you're, you know okay, do you think you could find 10 minutes in your day? You know, and I don't want to make people feel bad that they're not meditating, but what I want them to understand is that I believe wholeheartedly that each and every one of us, no matter how busy we are, can find 10 minutes in our day just to be quiet and to be still. And that's what I encourage. And, and, you know, I, I find I agree with what you're saying in a way that I've learned to kind of share that with my clients, especially ones who are busy, is, um, you know, I fly often, being in New Orleans and L.A. every month. I'm on a mm -hmm. plane every two weeks at least. And um, mm -hmm. when they stand up, the, the flight attendants and say, in the case of an emergency, the oxygen masks drop down. You know, if you need to assist someone, put your oxygen mask on first and then assist right. others around you. One day right. I just had an aha moment. That, that that's what you're talking about, to give ourselves permission to take right. time out daily to right. give ourselves what we that's need because right. we will I be know. of more that's service to others. Absolutely. And I know, you know, self-care is not easy for a lot of people. Right. They're not that versed in it or they're not that comfortable in it. 
And, you know, um, it's something that I think one has to make a concerted effort to do. I work again, you know, I work with men and with women and right. um, I just got, I just got my husband to meditate. I'm so Oh, that's awesome. That. Yeah, <laughs> I, bet. Just got, I know, just got him to meditate and that just Yay. doesn't show you anybody can meditate. And, but you know, the self, the self care, you know, I say it's like a well, you've got to replenish the well and women, as we know, Oftentimes, they're nurturers, they're so, caregivers, yes. they're healers, they're mothers, you know, and that you can sometimes give, 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 give and feel so depleted that mm. you don't know how to then reverse the energy and bring it back to yourself. But it's so important because the more energy we we replenish the well with, then we are that much better to give it out to others. And men also, many men are so much, you know, very much the hunter-gatherer mentality. Right. You know, Got to go out and Provider. conquer the world and do yes. this and do that, that they have a really hard time decompressing and really bringing it down a notch and calming themselves down. So we can all benefit from that greatly. It just takes an effort to do it. And right now, especially Lisa, I might add, there are a lot of people that are feeling extremely stressed right now. The times yes. are seemingly precarious and very stressful and we feel that our senses are being assaulted and it's you know attacked right. and bombarded daily that much more the reason to take the time where you put down your devices i even wrote a, a blog for the huffington post called stop the gadgets i want to get off yes you know, so you yeah know how to let's put our phones down people let's turn off our computers let's just take a break a much needed break and literally go within and get quiet we must know what it feels like to be quiet we cannot serve we cannot connect to the purpose of our being effectively if unless we know how to do that First and foremost, you can't be of much good to anybody unless you know how to do it for yourself first. Right. And I want to direct our listeners to your website, which is auranadrich.com, and it's O-R-A-N-A-D-R-I-C-H.com. And you have these amazing Huffington, Huffington Post archived articles, um, yes. meditations that are free that uh, I was listening to earlier, just a host of videos and you have in Costa Rica this weekend, a mastering your mind, inclusive, intensive, uh, workshop. So I, do. I don't know if you want to talk about all the things that you offer that people can start today, you know, well, using have, to well, implement. Start with, start with my book. I really would encourage people, you can get it on amazon.com, you know, start with the says who method. I, yes. I'm telling you, if you stick to it and you really practice it, and I want you to learn those questions by heart, put it put it on a little post-it. Um, I just had um, little cards made up with the says who method that I'm taking. Oh, that's to, great. So with me. I know, because I want people to really get very versed. Get the process. It, you know? Get comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I have people, it's so cute now because people say to me, says who? And I love <laughs> I all the different ways in which people, you know, someone will have a thought and say, oh, you know, I'm so this and I'm so that. And someone will, you know, those of us that know the says who method, they'll go like, says who? Really? Exactly. You know, and does that thought work for you? And we, and you'll find that you'll, you'll even laugh. You, you know, you're going to, you're going to get good at this and you're going to like it and you're going to like how it feels. And you're going to like the fact that you 
really can diminish your negative thoughts. So yes, the says the um, start with the book, get the book, read it, learn mm-hmm. it. You know, learn the says who method, get familiar with it, and start to work. There's a workbook in it that you can work your negative and fear-based thoughts with, and it's very effective. And there's so many different. Um, exercises to do in the book that are that are so yeah. helpful i mean i wrote this book and i still do it on myself i think yeah, i think it's it's an ongoing process process you know? and then yes. so then costa rica yes i'm doing mastering your mind transforming negative and fear-based thoughts there and then i've also started this wonderful series at say um Sacred Journey Bookstore in Venice on Abikinia, great, beautiful bookstore. Um, I've started a series called Sacred Sundays because Every month. I, yeah. I used to have a women's group for many years and I wanted to include more people, as I mentioned to you earlier, Lisa, that I've now um, created this series and I'm having all these wonderful thought leaders and um, you know, just wonderful people that are doing great work on the planet come and we're having the conversation, which I want to include us all in because when we come together as a group, when we come together as a community, we're so much more effective. And, and we really powerful. can shine. Yeah, we're more powerful and we can really help shine the light on how to really, you know, I love, we've always loved that Gandhi quote, you know, be the change you want to see you in the world. You want to see in the world, yes. Yeah, you know, that each and every one of us can be part of the change. And so I want to keep the consciousness raising conversation going. And I, you know, I've started this like salon at the bookstore. And, you know, please come and visit me and go on my website and look at my schedule. I've got so many great, exciting guests coming. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be an exciting year that each and every one of us can participate in and not to get overwhelmed by a lot of the negativity that you may be feeling right now and a lot of worry and concern, which is valid. You know, we don't want to we don't want to undermine and pretend the authenticity of what we're feeling, but we want to be able to roll up our sleeves and know that we can be, you know, proactive in doing something about it. And I think that fear is often bred in isolation. And so coming to something like your salon Sundays, it's one, once a month, 5 to 7 p.m., yeah. um, you know, can really help, you know, dismantle, again, the, the thoughts that are causing the feelings of fear and just a good kind of detoxification. Yeah, and people come, and I love to hear from the people that I that come to my workshops, and that you know whether they email me or they, you know, come to my workshops. We're a collective. We're doing mm-hmm. this together. You know, we're, we 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 got to shine a light on on this together. Do you know and help bring each other up. So that really inspires me. And I owe and and, and yes, you cannot do this alone. I say the power of I is not as powerful as the power of we. Do you know? Right. Um, yes, we are powerful, but we can be even that much more powerful if we really share the vision of how to make the world better as individuals and collectively if we really can join forces together. And I love that. Do you know? I think it's it's about, you know, coming together right now in unity and solidarity and you know, we need to we need to love each other better. We need we to do. Be, you know, yes. we need to learn how to love ourselves better. First and foremost, again, that's a lot of what we talked about 
you know, right now. And then we, you know, somebody came to uh, my first Sacred Sunday, this lovely woman, and she said, you know, I have all this love in my heart, you know, and I mm. feel so overwhelmed by the times that we're in right now. What, what can I do? She asked me a lot of what's and why's, and I said, you know what you do? You go, when you leave here, you go out, and the first person you encounter you shine that light that you have within you out on them. And yes. you continue doing that with everybody that you meet. You know, if everybody right. did that, if we all did that Look mindfully. Right. Yes. If we were mindfully aware of the fact that light and love is the language, it is the universal language, that each and every one of us needs to connect to that. And that if we each shine our own light that we have, boy, can we make this world a better place. And now's the time to really do it. It is. And I'm reminded of A Course in Miracles. Of where would you have me go? What would you have me do today? You know, yes. starting your day, yes. kind of asking, you know, how you can be of use and, and looking for those right. opportunities to, right. to express that love. That's right. And and you can. And so, you know, again, by using the techniques of, because, because, you don't want to waste time with negativity. It's just a right. waste of time. It's using up such precious headspace. Do you know? I say, you know, a lot of that, a lot of those thoughts are just a waste of good headspace. When you could be filling it with so much more positive, productive, life-affirming, beautiful thoughts that can enhance your life, and then you can take it out to other people. So let's begin with that. You know, let's begin yes. the transformation. Do you know one thought at a time? Yeah. Do you want to talk, share about your boogeyman thought that you mentioned earlier? Uh, do we have time? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, we okay. have like four more great. minutes. Okay, great. Well, my thought, uh, my story is, you know, again, it's in my introduction. It's a very personal story to me, which I've shared with the world because I wrote wrote about it in my book. And it's this, and that is that... When I was not quite 15 years old, my sister, who was, you know, who I adored and idolized, I, I have two older sisters and a brother that passed away, um, my sister um, had a nervous breakdown, and okay. it was devastating. It was mm -hmm. just tragic and heartbreaking, and um, I am the youngest of four, and I was young when that happened to her, mm -hmm. and I went into deep fight or flight, and you know, Lisa, that when you go into fight or flight, you go into panic mode. And of course. You, thoughts rush to the foreground of your You're mind. You're not able to think clearly. You don't think clearly, and it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die, oh my God, my world is over, my life is over. Yeah. You know, and you go into survival panic mode, which is what happened to me because I was so shocked sure. and traumatized yeah. by, here's this beautiful, she was so beautiful, this beautiful spirit that seemed perfectly fine one day and then so not. And what came to the surface of my mind when that happened to her was one thought in particular took hold in my mind and it was, oh my God, this is going to happen to me. Mm. What happened to her will happen to me. And that is the power of a thought. And that thought took hold in my mind, and it stayed there for a very long time. And what happened, and I talk about in the book, your subconscious is like the storage room. It's yeah. Like the base, it's like the base storage room for traumas and memories and right. all sorts of things that haven't been processed or dealt with or tended to or healed properly. You talk about the original wound. Yes. So that thought 
took hold in my mind and what happened is is that I buried it in my subconscious. It was too overwhelming for me to handle and it was too petrifying. It was like the monster in the closet, basically. And so what happened is that I started to feel, again, the symptoms of that thought and that's, again, the power of a thought that if you don't really tend to this thought, you will start to feel the side effects of it. And what happened to me is I started to feel anxiety and I didn't know why and it got really bad. And it took me on a deep psycho-spiritual journey, which, again, I'm going to sort of fast forward to, you know, because I know we don't have that much time left. Um, I I really suffered terribly because of it, and I didn't know what was causing my suffering. And I went on a real deep journey. I went to study with a lot of, you know, great psycho-spiritual teachers, and I started with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy and I you know got into Buddhism and I I did a lot I went on this big deep journey of how to know the workings of the mind better but what happened is that my anxiety wasn't going away and I knew I needed even deeper help and what it did is it led it led me to Jungian analysis which I was in for a very long time and what that did because Carl Jung the analytical psychologist you yes. know, created what's called the shadow. And that's, yes. those are the thoughts that are unknown to us, that are oftentimes mm-hmm. in the unconscious. And for me, that's what was hap- what had happened to me is that I had that that thought was buried, and it helped me connect to what I call that boogeyman thought. Finally, after so many years of suffering and not really knowing why, I was able to come face to face with that thought to find out that it again, like my client who had that boogeyman thought of her father, that my thought wasn't real. There was no proof that I was going to go crazy like my sister. There was no empirical proof. There was no medical, no, no professional or authority figure had told me when I was not quite 15 years old that this was going to happen to me. This was a thought that was born solely out of fear. And I created that thought in my own mind. And that thought had power over me for a very long time. I was able to finally work through it. I was able to have my own individuation process to know that what happened to my sister was her unfortunate fate and destiny and that it was not mine and that I could separate myself from her to finally live the life that was intended for me. Thank you for sharing that because it's so powerful that our our thoughts paired with powerful emotion like you experienced, you know, around 15 or so does become, as you articulate, those boogeyman thoughts that then yeah. start to drive our lives and are in our shadow. And so thank right. you for sharing that story and your work. Sure. I like to ask every guest, you know, what is it you'd like to leave, what it is you'd like to contribute? And I feel like you've been talking about that the past hour. Mm-hmm. What are your concluding thoughts for us as we're My ending? My concluding thoughts is that I want everyone to know that they are divine and that they Mm -hmm. are pure light and love as a spirit and thoughts occupy your mind and that you are the light and the love and that the light and the love that I feel in my heart that I want to share with the world, I want people to know that they have that in them as well and that they can take that light and love and they can express themselves and to start with your own thoughts and how you can change them up 
so that they really reflect and express the best of who you are. Yes. Laura, thank you for being my guest today and talking about your book, Says Who. It's been such an honor. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. You are welcome and have a great uh, workshop in Costa Rica this weekend. Thank you. And come to L.A. I hope I see you in L.A. Let I me will. know. I will. I'm your Sacred Sundays. I'll let you know. Thank you. I would love it. I would absolutely love Great. it. So I hope I see Fantastic. you then. Me too. You will. Uh, okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. That concludes our show. Join me next Thursday, same time as I bring you another guest. Have a great week, everyone. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.